As we are here, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead. I always tell you where to turn in your Bibles and all that right out of the beginning. We're, we're gonna bounce a lot of scriptures today, so notes are gonna be your friend today. But if you wanna follow along with us, uh, you can do so on the screen or you can go ahead and turn in or on your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter three. That's our first portion of scripture uh, we're gonna look at today. Um, we are in week four of a series called Hope Dealers. Hope Dealers, don't get those letters mixed up. Um, Hope dealers, and um, you'll get that on the way home. And um, I, I think it's really a, a timely series as we've been talking about the power of, of giving hope. Here's the truth <clears throat> we're all giving something, but what are we giving? Uh, we're all giving something to someone, but we, we, we have to know what that is. And, and I think it's really timely today, and, and I'm gonna get uh, you know, serious and in, in, in all for a moment. Um, but as we're in the world today, unless you've been living under a rock for the past 24 to 48 hours, there's a lot of things that are happening in the world today. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a war that has escalated over the past 24 hours between Palestine and Israel. And, uh, you know, there's other people probably beginning to join into that as of this morning. And, and, and things are taking place. And if, and if you're not careful, you can a lot of times uh, feel like, you know, what's going on and you can be overwhelmed and things like that. And I would just encourage you on a few things. Number one... I would encourage you that um, circumstances around us don't shake the hope within us. Circumstances around us, no matter where we are, I, I know we, you, many of you may be like, well, we're in America. It's kind of easy to say that. Maybe, but the truth is the circumstances around us don't shake the kingdom within us. In fact, the Bible tells us uh, that the kingdom of God will never be shaken, no matter what's taking place. Uh, I have friends in Israel right now, uh, today, that I have been talking to, and their hope is not shaken. Their faith is not shaken. Uh, they still know who God is. I would tell you this too, and this is part of where I want to go for a moment today, is that it is important in these times that you know your Bible if you have given your life to Jesus. It is important that you know what you believe because here's what's going to happen. You're going to hear some good end times prophecy theology teaching, and you're going to hear some real bad ones. Can we be honest? You're going to hear some stuff because there are a lot of people out there that love to scare the literal hell out of people. And that is not what the kingdom does. The kingdom is not here for that. The kingdom actually does not thrive on fear. In fact, the Bible teaches us that the spirit of God drives out fear and doesn't bring in fear. And so if we're using, if anybody is using fear to draw you closer to God, they're not using the kingdom. It's something you need to know. But here's the reality. You have to know what the Bible says. You have to know your own stance. And I'll have people that will ask me, where do you stand on this? I'll tell you opinion, but I won't tell you my stance. And here's why, because you don't need to build your stance off mine. You need to know your own theology. You need to know your Bible. That's why we go through binge the Bible. That's why we talk about this stuff. Because Facebook clips, video clips, come on, somebody. Like All that stuff can give you information, but it should not build your, your, your foundation. And if you're building your foundation on anything other than the word of God, then we have a problem. And that is probably part of what is happening and why ho dealing hope to people in very difficult times in the world is sometimes the most difficult because we've built it on everybody else's thoughts. And we don't own it. 
And what I want to encourage today is we're in a time in the world to where things may seem shaky and it may seem frustrating and it may seem hopeless and it may seem difficult and all this stuff is taking place. I just want you to be rest assured that yes, all that is happening and all that is real, but I'm here to tell you something. If you have hidden your life in Christ, and hear me, I am not talking about you prayed a prayer, got up and walked out, filled out a connect card, took it by a tent and you walked out and you're like, all right, I'm living for God now, I'm good. I'm talking about, have you replaced your sinful life with the perfect sacrifice of Jesus? I'm talking about a transformation of epic proportions that only spiritual beings can make happen. I'm talking about the fact that your life is no longer hidden in you, in your achievements, in your reputation, but it is hidden in what he did for us because we couldn't pay the debt. If that is you today, you are a part of a kingdom that a missile can't shake, that a rocket can't shake, that a government can't shake, that an economy can't shake, that the elections can't shake, that, that jobs can't, come on, I need somebody that believes you're a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken and there's nothing that happens around you that is greater than he who is in you and we've got to we got to live that and if you've given your life to Jesus this is our opportunity to begin dealing giving hope to people that need it we all need hope and so what I'd love to do what I'd love to do is I'd love to take a moment right at the beginning and let's just pray and let's just ask God hey God Read me today. Teach me today. Lead me today. Make me better today. And God, be with everybody that is an innocent person that is in the midst of turmoil today. Let your hope satisfy their soul, nothing else. Can you pray with me on that? Let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you and I thank you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the hope of Jesus in our lives. And God, as bad as things may come, as difficult as things may get, we still have a hope in Jesus Christ. And so today, God, I pray that you'd open us up and you'd read us and you'd lead us, you'd take us, God, and you'd, you'd speak to us. But God, I pray for the innocent people caught in the midst of war, in turmoil, in difficulty all across the world, especially in Palestine and Israel, as God, the biblical structure of Ishmael and Isaac still fighting is still happening as your word says it will. And God, I pray that in this moment, in this day, God, that you would be with the innocent people and provide hope that only the God of the world, the, the, the creator of the universe, the God of our lives can give. God, we honor you, we praise you, and we thank you that we get, to, we get to gather today and be people that live on hope, build our lives on hope, and people that get to give hope. Lord, we love you and we honor you. In your name we pray, amen. amen. Come on, say amen with me today, amen. All right, my hope from day one of this church for the past 11 to 12 years, my, my prayer, my hope, what we built on, what we're building for, what we're building to, the reason we always talk about bringing people and filling the room, the reason we celebrate that there hasn't been a week in the past five to six weeks where somebody hasn't crossed from death to life and given their life to Jesus inside the walls of this church. That should be celebrated by believers all over. Like The reason we do that, the reason we do baptisms, the reason we do our worship nights, the reason we have worship, uh, prayer mornings, all those things. The reason we do it is because our prayer is, is that we would be a church full of contagious hope. Not, not, a, not, a, not a building, not a collection of church furniture, right? Not a, 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 a facility that's painted, none of that. That we would be a church, a body, a collection of people 
that have committed and dedicated our lives to Jesus, a collection of people that have said, Jesus, you have paid a debt that I could not pay. I've given you my life, and I will live that from this day forward, that we would be a collection of people that live our lives for God that is contagious about our hope. And here's the thing about being contagious. Here's what I mean, that we would have so much hope in Jesus that we would have so much hope for our lives, for our eternity, and for the people that we do life with, <clears throat> that we would have so much hope that everything we do, it changes somebody, that it infects somebody, that we encounter people and they go, there's something different about them. You ever encounter somebody like that? You get around somebody and just the way they handle difficulty, right? You're kind of like, I should be more like that, right? Uh, or, or the way that they, they just go with a smile on their face. If it, it, it seems like the world today, it's harder to smile now than it used to be. Anybody? Like some of you are like, yeah, it is right now. I see it on your face. It's all good. It's okay. Right? Like just sometimes we just need to smile. We just need to have fun. Like we don't know when our life will be over. Let's enjoy the days we have. You know, like you ever been around somebody that in conversation, you're like, man, they're different. Can I tell you what that is? That's contagious hope. That's contagious hope. My prayer has been that we would be a church that is so contagious with the hope of Jesus in our lives that everybody we encounter knows there's something different about us individually. That's my prayer. That's my hope. In the past 11 to 12 years, that is everything that we've built towards. And moving forward, that is everything we will build forward with. Is that we would be so full of the love and the passion and the joy and the grace of God that everybody we deal with, everybody we interact with, we would be able to go, they would be able to go, there's something different about them. And it is the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing in 1 Peter 3 and 15, there's this statement that is said. And I love it. It talks about hope. <clears throat> And it's the importance, again, of knowing your Bible and knowing what you believe. And it's this, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Here's what that means. Set Jesus as your Savior. Set Jesus as Lord. Here's what it means. Nothing and no one else takes his place in your life but him. That means that I'm going to say every day, that means when I wake up in the morning, when I go to bed at night, when I live my life, I'm going to live my life for Jesus Christ first and foremost. He is my Savior. Sanctify him as Christ is your Lord. Watch this. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. I love that. Why would anybody ask you, hey, what's in you? What, what, what's going on with you? Like, what's, what, what's the hope in you? If anybody asks you that, it's because there's something different about you. Would, man, that we would live a life, this is my prayer, that we would live a life that people would go, what's different about you? Like, you handle this differently. You handle people with kindness and gentleness. You handle people with the fruits of the Spirit, with love, grace. You, you handle people that, like, you, you're just, the way you enjoy life, like, I know it can't be that good all the time, right? I used to, in, 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 in high school and in college, man, people that were just overly happy got on my nerves. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's, life just isn't that, like, you're in a fantasy. Like, what are you doing? Smile, like, <laughs> hi. You know what I really don't get is people that are like that in the mornings. If you're like that in the morning, I don't even know if that's biblical or not. But the truth is, <clears throat> is like, man, those people, those people are 
different. And I'm not saying you have to walk like that, but what if, what if the way you treated people that are in a tough situation was different than everybody else in the world? Instead of writing them off, we embraced them. What if instead of I'll pray for you, we stop and pray for them right now? What if there was a moment where, where kindness cut in, where uh, uh, impatience cut in for everybody else? Are you with me? Yeah. And it says you have to be willing and ready to give a defense for the hope that you have in Christ, the faith that you have in Christ. Can, if you were asked today, why do you believe that God is real, so real in your life? How many of you, rhetorical, don't actually raise your hand, how many of you would actually be ready to go, this is my defense for that? And not just off of opinion, but off of scripture and off of history. And the Bible is teaching us you have to be ready to make a defense because here's the reality. Whenever you're contagious with hope, it's easy to catch and it's easy to give. Man, I, I, I long for the day, I pray for the day, I pray for all of you that we would be so full of hope that it would be easy to catch, right? It would be easy to get, like, it just transfers. It's like you get in the presence of somebody full of hope and you just kind of walk out, not with an arrogance, because there's a difference in arrogance and confidence, but I'd walk out with a boldness and a confidence in hope today. You know where that comes from? That comes from knowing your Bible. It comes from knowing God. It comes from not knowing about him, but knowing him. It comes from a life transformed, a life changed. Here's, here's the importance of knowing your Bible. The Bible helps you in so many different ways in life, so many different ways in life. Every situation of your life, there's something in the Bible that can help you. Here, here's one of them. Here's one of them. <clears throat> I'll tell you a little story. There, there's a, a couple, um, and they, you know, they, they woke up one morning. Um, they were married. They woke up one morning. They did the obligatory, you know, good morning, gave each other a kiss or whatever, and they're laying in bed, kind of a lazy morning. And they're laying in bed, and they're doing their thing, uh, just trying to figure out, all right, who's making the coffee this morning? Because you can't get going without caffeine, right? Those of you that don't need caffeine to get going in the morning, I really need your secret. Like, really need your secret. And so they're talking, and he looks at her, and he goes, hey, it's your turn to make the coffee. And she's like, no, it's not. You're the man in the relationship. He's like, okay. She goes, it's your responsibility to make the coffee. And he's like, hold up. Hold up. I just said it's your turn. You said it's my responsibility. She said, yeah, it's your responsibility. It's biblical. She's like, it's not biblical. He's like, it's not biblical. She leans over. She, she rolls over, grabs her Bible off of the nightstand, opens it to the New Testament. says, see, right here it says Hebrews. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Haven't done a, a corny church joke in a while. <laughs> Hebrews. It helps you in every way. I had somebody come up to me after the 8.30 service. They said, hey, can I just go add an S in front of that? And like, she brews, just add. I was like, I wouldn't be adding to the Bible, buddy. Let's leave that one alone, okay? <laughs> no, it, it, you know, knowing your Bible helps you make a defense for the hope and the faith you have in Christ. And here's the reality. Whenever we've given our life to Christ, hear me, we have a hope that everyone needs. So let's give it. Here's what I would hope. At this location, at our <clears throat> Columbia location and campus and our Florence campus, I would hope that if people were surrounding our building and they were in need of whatever they needed to survive in life and we had it, my hope is, and I believe that we have so many amazing people that make up this church, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, that we would give them what they needed very generously and sacrificially in order to be about life. Can I tell you, you have that experience every single week. 
If your life is in Christ, you have what people need for eternal life in Christ. And it is our responsibility and it is our opportunity to give it every single time that we can. But here's the reality about having contagious hope and giving hope in Christ. It's this. Giving hope depends on relationships. It depends on relationships. Y'all are leaving me all by myself a lot today. Depends on relationships. There's two main relationships you have to have if you're going to have, if you're going to be contagious, if you're going to give hope. And the first one is a vertical relationship. You have to have a vertical relationship, up and down. You have to have that relationship. It's the most important relationship. It's the one relationship that you cannot give. You cannot be contagious. I'm sorry, y'all. It is fall. And praise God, it is fall. It feels great. Doesn't matter what I do to my throat. It's just a mess today. Um, It doesn't matter, like, I cannot give what I do not have. And if I do not have hope in Christ, and I do not have a vertical relationship with Christ, then the reality is I can't give it. I have to have this vertical relationship. In fact, John chapter 15 and verse 5 says it like this. I am the vine, Jesus is speaking, and you are the branches. He who abides, that's an important word there, abides in me and I in him. He bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's what it means to abide. Abide means to connect to, stay with, plant in, be committed to, live with. I'm abiding, I'm living there. That is where I'm at. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I am the nutrient that you need. You cannot get the nutrients you need for sustained, long, eternal life apart from me. Some of us, that is the reality, that is the only truth that we need to hear today is that you've tried to abide in everything else in this world and there's no sustainability and the hope in the bottle has faded and the hope in your marriage is fading and the hope in porn is fading. Everything that everybody tells you you can have hope in is fading and you're looking for hope and I'm here to tell you there's one hope that will never fade and it's called the kingdom of God and his name is Jesus and it will never be shaken and it's eternal that's why you're going and overindulging in alcohol because you're 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 searching you're begging for hope and it's fading and every time it fades you need more that's why you're going from relationship to relationship to relationship you're searching you're begging for hope and every time that feeling fades you're searching again and it's the cycle of a searching For hope, and I'm just here to tell you, Jesus lays it out very plainly. Until you abide in me, you will never get exactly what you need in this life. It is only abiding in me. For he says it like this. He says, you are the branches. He goes, I'm the source. I'm the strength. I'm the nutrients that you need. I'm everything you need. And he goes, and you're the branches. What do branches do? Branches are the proof of life of the vine. You can tell exactly what kind of tree or what kind of plant something is by what comes off the branch. Branches bear fruit. Branches bear leaves and and, and life. Why? Because it's the proof of the inner seed or the uh, uh, the inner identity of the tree. I just spent a week with a group of pastors learning and growing and getting better and man, I I feel so much better after being with world changers and and those guys because they're they're full of contagious hope. But two of those guys, I, I laughed at them so much this week because they could just look at a tree and tell you exactly what the tree was. And they got this app on their phone that they paid for that tells you everything you need to know about the tree. And I was like, dude, I, I got this app on my phone. It's called Google. 
And like, it'll tell me all that too, you know? And he goes, yeah, but this one, and you can add the information. I was like, so it's Wikipedia for trees. That's great. That's trustworthy, right? And I was having some fun. But they could look at the leaves and the branches and the root system even of that tree and tell you exactly what kind of tree it was. Here's a question for us. When people encounter us, can they tell who we stand for? I can tell what an apple tree is by the fruit that it bears, right? Apple tree is not going to bear a banana. (laughs) If it does, it's not an apple tree. (laughs) Why? Because that's what it does. Watch this. What does the Bible say? It says to taste and see that the Lord is good. How can anybody taste and see that God is good if we aren't bearing his fruit? If when people come into contact with us, they aren't eating the apple and going, man, that's a disciplined person. That's a person of grace and that's a person of kindness and of love and of mercy. And hear me, when we give our lives to Christ, we are now becoming, the Bible says, an ambassador for him, which means I am a spokesperson for Jesus, which now means that I have the opportunity to help people taste and see how good the creator of the universe is. I love that opportunity. I love that. So how do we get to that place? That sounds good. That's awesome. Phenomenal. I get it. I am the vine. He is the vine. I am the branches. All that stuff I understand. So how do we get there? I'm glad you asked such a great question today. I actually have an answer. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, he says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Here's what he says. Stop looking for hope everywhere else. Stop looking for hope in places that Jesus would never even abide. Stop looking for hope in the bottom of a bottle when hope is found in the Bible. Stop looking for hope in relationships with others when it's found in a relationship with him. He's saying, seek First, before you do anything else, when there's a hard time, instead of going to Facebook, go to Christ. Seek first the kingdom. When you're going through a good time, instead of celebrating with just your life group first, celebrate with God first. Like, we have to learn, where do we go to first? Who do we go to first? That is who we're seeking. That is what we're putting attention to. And that sounds good and that's great. And all these things will be added to you and and peace and grace and mercy and all that. So how do I seek God first? Another great question that you're asking today. And I'm so proud of your questions for the day. They line perfectly up with my notes, almost like I told you to ask them. How do I seek first the kingdom? It's found in Psalm 121, one through two. It says this, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. For where shall my help come from? May help come, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I love the symbolism here. I will lift up my eyes. Why is that important when I'm seeking the kingdom first? Because what I'm focusing on is what gets my attention. So when I'm looking down, I'm looking at problems, I'm looking at circumstances, I'm looking at shortcomings, and the Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. And so when I'm looking down, that's all I'm looking at. I'm looking at you, I'm judging you, I'm looking down my nose at you, I'm, I'm talking about that, well, I'm not as bad as they are, so therefore I'm not that bad, and da-da-da, and all this stuff is happening. But when I pick my eyes up, I'm now looking over the problem and into the hope. 
I'm looking over the mountain and into the glory. I'm looking over the mountain and into the solution. Are you following me? It says, when I, li- I will lift, my hope comes from the fact that I lift my eyes unto the mountains, unto the heavens, because he is my hope. And for some of us, it's a very practical way, like that's spiritual, but here's a practical way to do it. When you're praying, just do this. Just look up and let it be a reminder to help you always seek him first before you seek them first or before you seek you first. Seek first the kingdom. Let me look up. Let me look above the problem. Let me look above the situation. Let me look above the thing. Let me look above the judgment and look into the glory of God. So vertical. You got to have vertical. You got to have vertical. Vertical relationships always support the next relationship. It's the support. You cannot have good of the next relationship without this one being right. And this one, the next relationship are horizontal. Horizontal relationships. It's very practical, right? You cannot reach people if you don't have relationships with people. You can't. You can't reach people if you're not good with people. You can't reach people if you're a jerk to people. Okay? For some people, that's a revelation. For you, it's not. You're nice people. You're good people. Some of you are like, I don't know, Pastor. You. <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Matthew chapter 28 19 through 20 gives us what we call the Great Commission. And Jesus is speaking after resurrecting and coming back and talking to his disciples. And he says it like this. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Do you see what's happening? That is a vertical command. I mean, a horizontal command. That is horizontal relationships. Go and reach people. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father in the Son, in the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. It's horizontal. Watch this. Watch this. But he says, as you're reaching relationships, as you're building relationships, as you're loving people, right, as you're connecting with people, teach them to obey all that I command. This is the issue. It's hard to teach people to do something you're not doing. Have you ever talked to somebody, and they're talking about this new restaurant coming up? This new restaurant came in town, man, it's great. The steaks are awesome. They're the best, right? They got the best food, right? It's a new steakhouse. They're bragging on it, bragging on it, bragging on it. Every time you see them, you talk about it. They're, 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 they've sold you, right? So you've made the decision, I'm going to that steakhouse. You go to that steakhouse, and before you go, you call them up, and you're like, hey, man, me and my wife, are going on a date night. You know, we're going there. I'm going to treat her right, man. I'm getting my brownie points, praise God. You know, all this stuff, and... He's like, and you're like, man, tell me about the steaks. Which one's the best? He's like, I don't know. I had chicken tenders. <laughs> First of all, if you're getting chicken tenders at a steakhouse, I need to question your salvation right now. <clears throat> and you're also the kind of person that if you did get a steak at the steakhouse, you'd eat ketchup with it, and that's a whole other issue. I just attacked so many people. <laughs> right? And then you're like, well, I can't take your word for the steak. You haven't had the steak. You had chicken tenders at a steakhouse. If you want chicken tenders, go to Zaxby's. Leave the steakhouse alone. Okay? What is your problem? Right? All this stuff. That's how a lot of us are spiritually. Let me tell you about how good God is. Let me tell you about his promises. Let me tell you about his grace. Let me tell you about his commands. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you that. I've been doing it. And then they go, all right, tell me about your personal experience. Oh, I hadn't actually been doing it. I just hear about it every Sunday. Oh, I'm not actually doing it. I just, I see the the 30-second clips on Facebook and, and, and TikTok. 
Yeah, 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 man, that's a good word, that's a good word, that's a good word, that's great. Yeah, you should probably do that. Well, how's it working for you? I don't know, I'm not actually doing it. It's hard to create disciples when you haven't learned to be a disciple. And so what he's saying is there's a horizontal command, a horizontal mission, but you have to get the vertical right first. You cannot, it's, it's like leaders, we, have, we, we, we are burdened with this in the world today. To where we want, people always want to be leaders, but they do not want to learn how to be a follower first. The best leaders are always followers first. They've learned how to honor, how to lead, how to, how to execute vision before they ever are asked to carry it themselves as the leader. And, and, and you cannot create, you cannot teach disciples until you've learned how to have this right, until you've learned how to be a disciple. And then he goes, lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Here's what he's saying. As you're doing this and as you're fulfilling the horizontal mission, I will not let the vertical relationship die. I will always be there. I will always be with you. And can I just be real bold and real honest with you for a minute? This is the part of life where life groups and teams at churches and all that stuff come into play. And here's why. People don't need any more superficial relationships. We need real, transparent, honest, life-giving relationships with people. Like we need less of the, hey, how you doing? Praise God. Sounds good. Have a great day. See you later. We need the, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. No, 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 no. How are you? Like, for real, how are you? How, what do I need to pray with you about? What are you struggling with? What are you celebrating? I want to celebrate those things with you. What are you, what are you struggling with? I want to pray with you. We need real, honest, bold relationships. This is why showing up on a Sunday, keeping a seat warm, clapping whenever the worship leader claps, and then going home and never being a part of anything that has to do with community doesn't work. And it's because you come in and you eat from an all-you-can-eat buffet and fill up, and by Tuesday and Wednesday, you got nobody to talk to. And then you want to know why you're not connected to anybody in the church you call home. It's because you refuse, or I refuse, or we refuse, let me put it that way, we refuse to get into real, honest, transparent relationships when we were created for relationship to begin with. We don't do life alone is not just a catchphrase at Radiate Church. It is a way of life. We need each other. We need those, and you cannot reach people and teach them how to obey the commands of God and how to be disciples if you're not willing to do life with them. And I believe the Great Commission is an overflow of the great relationship that we have with God. And a lot of times what happens is we'll give our lives to Jesus, we'll pray that prayer, we'll go home, we have all the best intentions, and then by Thursday, we're frustrated and it's difficult and it's hard and we've given up and all this stuff because we think that our purpose has ended, our life has ended, everything has ended, but the reality is, is when I give my life to Jesus, everything is just beginning. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, there's a man that is like, I got him. I got Jesus. I'm going to back him in a corner. I know more than he does. I know all the commands. So he looks at Jesus and says, hey, what's the best commandment? And here's what Jesus says. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Vertical. You see it? Vertical. He says, that's the first commandment. He said, this is the great and foremost commandment, but the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see what just happened? The first commandment is this. The second commandment is this. And then Jesus says something real, real important that we got to grab. He says, on these two commandments, on these two things, on these two laws, 
depend the whole law and the prophets. Here's what he's saying. Let me break it down in real simple terms. He's going, everything you've ever learned about the Bible and Israel and Egypt, everything you've ever learned about restoration and redemption and grace and mercy and forgiveness, everything you've learned about love, everything you've learned about religion, everything about the law of the Old Testament, everything was built on these two things. It was built on top of the foundation and the foundation is vertical and horizontal. And he goes, if you'll focus on those two things, everything else comes together. We'll figure the rest out. In other words, this is how we are contagious with the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Our purpose and our responsibility doesn't end at prayer and salvation. It actually begins. It actually begins. Life begins at the moment where we ask Jesus to replace our sinful life with his perfect sacrifice. Life begins right there. And what happens is too often we can get these flipped. And we will base our life on the horizontal with everybody else. And we will make the vertical our mission. And the vertical always supports the horizontal. And so whatever's my vertical, right, whatever's my primary, whatever's my main focus, and for a lot of us, it's this. It's everybody around us. And we'll get it mixed. And here's what happens. When people are are our hope, our purpose is defined by their acceptance. When people are our hope, our peace is determined by their approval. When people are our hope, our hope is determined by our circumstance. But whenever we make Jesus our primary, when we make our vertical relationship our number one, when Jesus is our hope, our purpose is found in the fact that he created me, not you. My, when Jesus is my hope, my peace is found in the fact that when you leave me, he stays. He is with me even to the end of the age. When Jesus is my hope, my hope is found in the fact that circumstances can change, life can come at me, but he never does. Do you see the difference? One is never wavering. The other will always waver. So where am I putting my focus? If I want a contagious faith, if I want a contagious hope, and if we've given our lives to Jesus, and I mean really done that, then that should be our passion To go, I will build this as I do this. I will focus on this as I reach people with this. Vertical is primary. Horizontal is secondary. But horizontal is my mission. Vertical is my identity. It's who I am. Here's what I'd love to do today. I'd love to just pray over us because we have an opportunity to go out, man. And isn't it great that the God of the universe trusts us? Isn't it great that the God of the universe trusts us to to deliver hope and give hope? I love that. Here's what I love to do in a moment. I'm going to pray over everybody. And I'm just going to ask God to help us live hope out everywhere we go. Be contagious with it. Give it freely. Let people taste and see that God is good just through the way they encounter our lives. Right? But here's what I know. There's some people in the room and your number one thing is, is you're like, I have never actually prayed that prayer and given my life to Jesus. I want to give you some hope today. It's not a specific prayer that saves you. It's the, and the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, it's the belief in the sacrifice of your life to the perfection and the sacrifice of his. Then you shall be saved. And it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't even matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter what you did this morning. The reality is a new leaf turns today. New grace happens today. 
But the first thing you have to do, the prayer gets us in connection with God and helps us verbalize and accept the fact that I am not God and I need someone to pay for the sin that I cannot pay. And Jesus goes, I got you. Let me pay for it so that you can have an eternal life with our Father. And you can start living the contagious hope of Jesus Christ and telling everybody else about how great he is. And you can start that life. I'd love to pray with you today. As you bow your heads, close your eyes all across this room. If you're in the room, And you're, and you're like, I've got to give my life to Jesus. That's where I am today. I'm ready to sacrifice. There's teams getting ready to serve you so that as you walk out through the door, you can have the best experience absolutely possible. But in this moment, it's just you and God. And if you're ready to give your life to Jesus in this moment, in this day, right now, and go, hey, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. And thank you for being the perfect sacrifice for my sinful life. If that's you, I just want you to pray this in your seat, right where you are to yourself. Dear Jesus, I give you my life today. Thank you for dying on a cross to pay for a sin that I cannot pay for. Thank you for giving your life so that I can have life. And today, I accept the fact that you are the Savior that gave everything so that I could have eternal life with God the Father. You bridged the gap that I cannot. I ask that you forgive my past, forgive my present, and redeem my future. And thank you, God, for making room for me in the family of God today. From this point forward, I give you my life, and I ask that you walk with me and help me walk with you every single day. Now, with heads bowed, as people continue to pray all across this room, one thing I love to do is do life together, and I just love to know, hey, who prayed that prayer today? And if you would just let me know by raising your hand real high and going right here, I prayed that prayer of salvation and gave my life to Jesus this morning. All that's going to happen, you don't have to move. There's going to come a clipboard in your hand. All I'm going to ask you to do with that is before the end of the service, or before you leave here today, fill that card out. Take it by the care corner in the back corner of our auditorium. We got something we want to put in your hands, and we just want to walk this out with you. We do life together. Anybody else in the room that would go, I've given my life to Jesus today. I love it. Father, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for hope. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for love. And I pray that today that you would help us live a new life of contagious hope that impacts people everywhere that we go and that they would know that we're different and, God, that they would taste and see how good you are through the encounter of our life that is now hidden in Christ. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.